Welcome to Export Audio. Motherfucker. A podcast. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> the chronicling of two hot young wives and their lives. Welcome to Wife Life. Wife Life. <laughs> Welcome to Wife Line. <laughs> um. This is the podcast where Nora and Autumn and Zoe all talk about our lives and also media and geek culture. Stop that. <laughs> you have to stop that. We were talking right before the recording about like the structure of the show and you were like, oh yeah, it's a podcast about geek culture. And I was like, I'm going to punch I you said in the that face. That is a joke. But also it's not because we talk about video games and movies. We did a Knives Out spoiler cast. We did do that. That's geek news. Gender geek news. <laughs> Gen, gen, look, the geeks need to know about gender. They gotta know about gender. Gotta figure that shit out. Um, we also realized in this little conversation that uh, I should also disclaim real quick. I'm getting closer to sober, but I have had a little bit to drink, and I think I'm I'm, I'm getting close to sober. I know it doesn't sound like that, but I, I feel my head clearing a little bit. And I'm sure by the end of this podcast, we're going to be doing fine. But I'm a little fine. I'm doing fine now. You're doing... You have not had anything to drink today. Today. Well... Um, today. today. Unless you were drinking after midnight last night. I was. Okay. Maybe. But, like, you slept it off. Yeah. Anyway, um, we have realized that we've accidentally stumbled into a sort of... Um, Structure for the podcast without meaning to. Structure doesn't work since I haven't been reading anything. Well, but 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 the, this is not the structure. You see, this is not the structure because the structure is one wife update. We talk about any meals we've eaten, any weird <laughs> stories we've shared. Two, we talk about things we have read, movies we have watched, etc. And then three questions, I assume. Questions would, aren't really a solid part of the structure. I would love to but have... But we got a lot of really good questions this time. I would love to have a podcast that's popular enough that we can just have a questions segment. Yes. That we got great. a lot of really good questions this time, but that's not like a regular thing for us. The but receiving it could be questions. if you sent in questions to... ExportAudioPodcast at gmail.com. What's that email address one more time? ExportAudioPodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> And if you sent one in, it might sound a little something like this. got mail <laughs> um still drunk enough that i can't pick up a train of thought once i leave it did we talk about our valentine's dinner on the podcast what was our valentine's dinner szechuan i don't think so i don't think we did no we went to the place that's just called szechuan yes we went to a place called szechuan cuisine which we went to because in my hometown, there's a very good uh, Szechuan restaurant, um, which is just like a, if people don't know what that means or only know that word from Rick and Morty. Um, what? Because 
Rick and Morty had that whole fucking stupid fucking thing about Szechuan sauce. So people only know what this means from fucking Rick and Morty memes that got really obnoxious. Um, I don't know about this one, champ. Uh, it is just a province in China um, with, like, a kind of particular cuisine. I don't know much about culinary history, certainly not filtered through, like, the colonialism that I imagine is going on. But it is a, a province in China, and I have noticed that uh, restaurants that have, like, Szechuan in the name uh, often serve this lamb with cumin thing that I really like. I didn't get that this time, but I really like that dish, and so I go to all these restaurants every time I see them, and so I had not seen one that was, like, literally, like, a mile and a half from our house, and you brought me there for Valentine's dinner, and it, it was so good we both felt a little tipsy afterward, even though we didn't have anything to drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... It was great. I had uh, some kind of chicken stir fry. Mm-hmm. It just it was just called stir fry, so I like I have no language for what that yes. meal was. I and imagine it, you talk. Sorry. It also had some peppers in it that the menu called green peppers. I don't know if they were jalapenos. Yeah, I because some don't of those know. dishes had jalapenos. Uh huh. But I don't know what it was. It was tasty. It was little chicken bites and uh, chopped up peppers and stuff. It was good. Uh, very, very, very spicy, but like not, not heat. Like not an intolerable, like painful spicy. Just like it was a little bit of that, but it was a lot of just like very acidic, very like chili oil. Like gonna fuck you up if you have um, problems with heartburn, like I do. A mm-hmm. lot. Here is... If I lie down on the right, on my right-hand side, I get heartburn. Here is a thing um, and that I imagine has some really interesting history that I don't know, <clears throat> which is that um, when um, in America, spicy food seems to mean a game of macho one-upsmanship where people are constantly trying to brag to each other about how spicy a food they can eat. Yes. And in the rest of the world... that has been commodified into... Yes. The, like, novelty spicy chip that has, like, two chips in a little cardboard box. Right. Like, it's, it's... It's... I don't have words that aren't ableist to describe the thing I'm trying to say, but it's stupid. (laughs) It's juvenile. Yes. And it's gender. It is gender. Um, Though, speaking of the spicy chip that became a big meme last year, um, if people have not seen the Deezus and Mero video of... uh, Deezus and Mero video of them eating the spicy chip, people should go find that because one of, like, the camera guys ate the spicy chip and then, like, spent the night in the hospital or something? He was so just done in by the spicy chip. And I feel very bad for the man, but also it's extremely funny. Can you imagine, 
like the reality of living in a world where you could eat a chip and then go broke because of medical bills because you <laughs> ate a chip. Anyway. Because we live in a world where uh, if you go to the hospital, you're probably fucked. Yeah. Um, vote Bernie 2020. Um, Twice if you can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, 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 uh. <coughs> oh, but the thing I started to say was that in America, and there's probably a very interesting history that I don't know. In America, it seems like spiciness is like this macho, like, one-upsmanship thing. And it seems like in the rest of the world, spicy is just one of many flavors that a thing can be. Mm -hmm. um, and that is why this restaurant was so good, is because spicy was just another flavor. And it was very spicy food, but it was, like, just part of the experience. It wasn't, like, yeah. advertising itself as, like, and spicy. Also, there's a thing of, like... Oh, that's not spicy. Yeah. Are you a baby? Are like, you a child? Like, no, bro, it's my mouth. If I say it's spicy, then it's spicy. Like, what the fuck do you want from me? Well, bro, that's only like 6,000 Scoville. That's not spicy, bro. Things aren't spicy till 7,000 Scoville, bro. Bro. It takes so little effort to not be an absolute prick about food. It's... It takes so little effort. And yet... Everyone is always fucking it up. Yes. Do not tell me that my food is not spicy if I say it's spicy. I'm the one tasting it, and even if it's not true for your tongue, it is for mine. So shut the fuck up. Yes. Do not complain about other people's eating habits or eating, like, you know, portions. It is so easy to just mind your own damn business. Um, this is... Also, just because a food is uncommon in your culture doesn't make it a weird food. Yes. That's um, like the trifecta of f f food prick points that I wanted to make. Like, I'll just make... this. Don't, is... don't give people shit about how or when or how much they eat. Mm -hmm. Don't give cu other cultures shit for being weird because it's just a different food. Mm. And don't tell me personally... That shit's not spicy when it's spicy. Um, motherfucker. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, the thing I don't. Uh, Scoville's as a unit of measurement makes me in indescribably pissed off because I really don't like how um, we seem to worship science. Uh, as just this, like, dogmatic good. I don't know if I'm using the word dogmatic in quite the right way, but we really worship science, and I hate the I hate the idea of Scovilles because I hate bringing more science to the kitchen, a place that is already like unreasonably scientific for my tastes. Uh, at least when some people get in the kitchen. Um, I have a math degree, so if anyone wants to complain about me being anti-science, they can suck it. I have a bachelor's of science. As we all know, math is the foundation of every other science. Mm -hmm. And math, and once I, I, was, I, I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. 
I have a bachelor's <clears throat> of science in mathematics, so if you disagree with the thing I'm about to say, call me when you have a master's, I guess. I'm going to get a, become a weird elitist about this because I really don't want to hear it. Math is fake. <laughs> it's super fucking fake. <laughs> anyway. Um... I was being sarcastic there because of an XKCD comic where somebody was like, ha, uh, sociology, that's just applied uh, biology. And then the other guy's like, biology, that's just applied chemistry. Like, chemistry is just applied physics, and physics is just applied math. And then the math guy can jerk off to that on on the other side of the comic. And Yes. I'm not... um, (sighs) I'm not saying... I'm not out here to defend XKCD because I think XKCD is bad. But the but. thing is that sometimes XKCD is like kind of tongue in cheek mm-hmm. and like kind of poking fun at itself and the people who like XKCD. But the people who like XKCD always just read it in earnest and always just earnestly believe their was dumb of, bullshit. I was part of a friend group that had some math people in it mm-hmm. as a teen. It was very much like taking all of that as like, oh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, this is actually co- good and cool. This is a correct way to be. And this is actually aspirational mm-hmm. behavior. And like, di- like, like, behavior, I don't know, mm-hmm. words. May I get this little bit out of your hair? Thank you. Um,. We have more wife update stuff, more life things. We talked about the fridge, right? We talked, uh, no, not not on the recording. I thought we talked about it on the recording. Not this recording. In the last 13 minutes. I thought we talked about this in the last 13 minutes. No, because we started with dinner. No, because we started with being broke and plugging the podcast. In the Patreon. Did we? Yeah. I thought that was the other recording that we axed. Bruh. (laughs) Okay, well, we can't remember this suddenly. So I'm going to say, I'm going to tell the quickest version (laughs) in the world. I'm going to, you're not going to interrupt me. I'm going to tell the quickest version in the world because I'm pretty sure we've talked about this. But in case we haven't, our fridge is broke. Because our fridge is broke, or our fridge was broke, the landlord took like a week to get us a new fridge. We have a new fridge, but we're broke now because we didn't have food for five days. So we had to keep going out to eat and, and, and we had to buy all new groceries. We had to buy, we had to spend a lot of money on groceries today because we had to like restock a and fridge. And we're not done. And we need more groceries. We need more groceries. I'm going to go back to the grocery store tomorrow to yeah. spend more on groceries. Uh, give us money. Give us money. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've said all that on this recording that we're doing now. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Not this time. It's totally made up. Pure fiction. And not the I other I don't recording. know, but if I'm wrong and we did do it twice, um, that's double the content, so really, like, give us more money again. Yeah. If you listened to that and then you listened to this, you have to give us $1 for each time you listened to it. Yeah, obviously. Um, anyway. Uh, we... Any, I'm trying to think of more dates. We went to Blue Ocean... Which is just a ramen place I like. It's uh, the ramen was okay when I got when I got it this time. 
I really like fine. that place. I really like that place. It's not the best ramen I've ever had. But the thing about that place is that, and I'm sure we've talked about Blue Ocean before on the podcast, but the thing is that it has, like, pretty good ramen and pretty good sushi, whereas mm-hmm. I feel like most places either have good sushi or good ramen, not not both, because either they don't have both on the menu or, like, one of them is bad. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like Blue Ocean is, like, pretty decent at both. Yeah. And also it's got, like, a big painting of Totoro on the wall. That place is covered in anime posters mm-hmm. in a way that's, like, a little weird. A little weird, given that all the staff that I have seen have been white people. I think there was one black person behind the bar once. Okay. But that is the vibe of this place in yeah. St. Louis. Yes. Um. So, which is just, like, a thing that I noticed is all. Yeah. You know? Um... Other wife updates, um, nothing really. To... It's been two weeks, but we've just been kind of like, I was talking with my therapist about this. I feel like I am on the other side of like months and months of crisis and it makes things feel very small now. Like problems I have now that I'm out of months long crisis mode. It's just like, <laughs> and here we are with, with no money. Yeah. <laughs> the thing but is that that is as much of a crisis as anything else. It's just that I'm not as brain on fire about it. I'm just like, okay, here are the ways that I can handle it. I brought like a box of spaghetti, which will get me two meals for like the box of spaghetti was a dollar. The rest of the ingredients will probably be like two dollars basically you know? free because you use them for other things yeah except I... the fancy parmesan i bought i did buy expensive parmesan yes. but less expensive than the last expensive parmesan but that's I the bought. kind of thing you spend money on like yes. you want to in my opinion like we're all dying the world is dying uh-huh if you're going to spend a little extra money here and there to like get a good cheese or get the nice sauce going mm-hmm. like that's what you do yeah i don't know i have been working mm-hmm. i haven't really talked about my job that much on the podcast i talked to the union rep mm-hmm. the other day at work mm-hmm. who was trying to sell me on what a union does mm-hmm. um which i already knew what a union does and i was already really excited to join uh, the form did list my debt name on it, which sucked, and I felt really bad about that. After him telling me, oh, yeah, we have, like, a gay pride parade float and everything. We're, like, very active in, like, local politics as well. And if we want to get involved in local politics, then talking to people from my union apparently is a good way to get introduced to local politics that are labor-focused. Or, like, okay. people who are running for offices who are pro-labor okay. in the area. So, if that's something we want to do. I don't know how interested I am in, am in that. Mostly because I do want to leave St. Yes. Louis by, like, I would like to leave sometime in 2021. Maybe 2020, but I just don't think our luck is going to come up that way. I would way. love to leave St. Louis before... Um, 
Trump's next inauguration speech, but I don't know that that's going to happen. That was dark, because the thing I was going to say <laughs> is that if I do get involved locally, because <clears throat> I do just kind of want to leave St. Louis, the thing that I... I have three days off. I am going to, tomorrow, I am going to, like, do the um, training to start texting for Bernie. Um... I'm going to start sending text messages for Bernie. Maybe I'll maybe from there I will graduate into making phone calls for Bernie. Um making uh knocking on doors for Bernie. I don't know. Um Missouri's primary is the week after Super Tuesday. Um I didn't get registered to vote in time, so I'm really hoping that no one asks me about that. I guess if they do, I'll probably lie or say Oh, I wasn't able to get registered in Missouri, but I am going to go caucus in Kansas, but I'm going to help the campaign here because this is where I'm living. But my parents live in Kansas, so I will just uh, commit very minor voter fraud and say, oh, no, no, I also live in Kansas. I live with my parents, and this is where I will vote. The thing is, I will not do that because caucusing is a unpleasant process and in 2016, um, Bernie won my particular caucus by a margin of 98%. <laughs> so uh, showing up to do that feels pointless. <laughs> but I'm probably going to help Bernie a little bit as best I can. I'm going to post thirst traps for Bernie. That's what I'm going to do. Certainly if Bernie wins the nomination, like... I'm going to get extremely involved. If anyone else wins the nomination, probably not going to get that involved. Weird. I might send a couple texts for Elizabeth Warren, but I don't really like her. But I would maybe care enough that I would, like, send a couple texts on her behalf. I don't think she's going to win, so it's kind of soul-crushing, bro. Yeah. God. Um. I mean... The thing I have been really struggling with, and I tweeted a little bit about this, is one, really liking Bernie, really feeling inspired by the campaign right now, um, and also recognizing that uh, he is not a socialist, he is a social democrat, that is a different thing, <clears throat> and a thing that I am kind of vaguely okay with someone being in America in 2020, but you know in my ideal world someday the social democrats will be look like right wing people because they support capitalism at all um, and reform at all um, the, the thing I'm trying to pin my hopes on Bernie not necessarily on Bernie himself, but on the way that um, millions of people have gotten mobilized and hopefully have recognized that the causes he is fighting for are the good things and not Bernie himself, the person. It feels It feels like people really feel strongly about the things Bernie stands for and not just Bernie himself as a human. And so I feel hopeful that, like, this mobilization toward social democracy can transition into mobilization toward socialism. That is a big ask, but, you know, 
Yeah. One has to find some sort of hope in in the midst of worrying about drowning in 30 years because the earth, like, Missouri will sunk, sink into the sea. <laughs> Sorry. I don't... I didn't listen far enough to know if it made it into the podcast. Did the phrase uh, benevolent nihilism of capitalism make it into that abnormal mapping episode? I still have about 10 minutes left to listen to, so we'll see. The benevolent nihilism of living under capitalism is, well, everything's going to burn in a couple decades. I could buy this nice Parmesan. (laughs) Um... I can take some student loans. Who's going to be collecting them in the po- fucking wasteland? Yeah. Of course, the truth is that there won't be a wasteland. Yeah. That would be too convenient. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, let's pivot out of this nightmare thing we're doing. Oh, you don't want to hear about my ideas for like a climate apocalypse like fiction that I've been cooking? Extremely no, not okay. right now. Okay. I love you so much. I really don't want to hear about it right now. Um, do we have more wife updates? We've asked this three times now. Do we have any... You said you haven't really been reading anything? I just started the book that you talked about last episode by Daniel Lavery. Um, Lavery. Lavery. I will... You know, I like it. I don't have anything really to say about it. I finished it and really, really loved the back half of it. But the back half of it did not, like, in some way profoundly change my understanding of what that book was, and so I don't have anything additional to say about it. I'm going to start another book after that that I bought on recommendation from the universe uh, called Gideon the Ninth, I think. It seems neat. It was highly recommended by just people around me. Um, Also, speaking of which, I am around a lot of people who listen to a particular podcast called the Magnus Archives. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about giving that a shot mm-hmm. because people seem to fucking go rabid for it. Mm-hmm. And it's just any fan art I see on Twitter is probably Magnus Archives fan art. This is weird because I have heard of this show twice before. Unfortunately... Our roommate listens to it, uh huh. which means I can't talk about or let on that I would be interested in trying it, oh. or else they will try to start a conversation about it, which I am not having. <laughs> also, the way people talk about it is very obnoxious mm. in regards to um, me being a person who doesn't really value representation capital R trademark logo representation the ways that other 23-year-old queers on Twitter do. Actually, it's really, it's the older people who care about representation, right? I don't know. It feels like it's either the, like, mid-30s trans people or it's the, like, early 20s non-binary people. That's a very specific thing, but... I really associate this with people who got their ideology on Tumblr and haven't gotten past that yet, because I cared about this at one point when I was hanging out on Tumblr a lot as a teenager, 
mm-hmm. and have since just for lack of a less condescending phrase grown out of it <laughs> you wanted more female guards now here disney has heard your prayers introducing pixar cyclops um here's the thing everyone's mad that the pixar cyclops is um i just got a text from uh someone dead naming me to say hey are you going to vote for bernie <laughs> which is um, <laughs> I'm going to reply to that text after this podcast. I am going to reply to it because I do uh, want to let them know that, yes, I will be voting for Bernie. Oh, um, do you want me to read the text I got from somebody asking if I was going to vote for Bernie? Yes, please. <laughs> did they send it to your dead name or did they send it no, to you? No, they didn't address it to me. Okay. Um... Oh, they did. Uh, they addressed it to Terry. Oh! Which is not my dead name, or any name I've ever had. <laughs> I'm. It's Anna with Bernie 2020. Bernie is committed to creating a government and an economy that work for all of us, not just wealthy campaign contributors. Are you in for Bernie? Uh, and I said, I mean, yeah, we're mad burnish out here, but y'all have the wrong number. There's no Terry here. <laughs> did you get a reply to that? Yeah. Sorry about that. I'll make a note now. So glad to hear we have your support. Can we send you a free sticker? If you fill out this form, we'll send you a Bernie sticker in the mail. And there's a link. We could get a Bernie sticker. I kind of want to get a Bernie sticker, honestly. For the car? Yeah, I was thinking for the laptop, but the laptop does never leave the house. It would be very funny to be driving around St. Louis in a a car with a Bernie bumper sticker and Texas plates. (laughs) Um, I'm going to miss the Texas plates. I'm going to have to lose them when I register here, aren't I? Probably. That sucks. Um, But it does make cops suspicious of me. Mm-hmm. A couple times as I've come up to work, I've, like, been at the stoplight, and a cop has, like, passed me and then turned around and started following me. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, I immediately, like, I'm there already, so I just park. But it's like, hmm. I wonder if my Texas plates in St. Louis, Missouri, <laughs> is drawing a... A weird gaze from people. Um, have I, was, I have I told you um, my favorite story uh, about a me being involved with a cop in St. Louis? You were involved. <laughs> the Little Wayne song, "Mrs. Officer." Little Wayne has a song about fucking a cop. Um, it's a really good song. <laughs> the Carter Three is a perfect album. I'm not joking about that. It is one of the best rap albums ever. Um, so this was, this was before you moved in. So this was a little while back, but I was driving home from work and, um, ran a red light. Um, Mm. and I was right behind it. It was like turning yellow and I was like, no, I can make it. And then it was like red as I entered the intersection. I was like, I super could not have made it. This was a stupid thing to do. And I was right behind a cop. The cop had gone through the yellow, um, and... I went through the red, basically, and so the the cop was in front of me and slowed down to, like, 15 miles an hour, hoping that I would pull out around him and pass him, and then he could pull me over for running a red light. Mm-hmm. I slowed down to 10 miles an hour, <laughs> and just, I stayed right behind that cop. I stayed behind the cop, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. for a mile until he got <laughs> bored and turned like down some neighborhood street and went to do something else. I was like, yeah, fuck you. So in <laughs> pitching a union to me, my union rep described them as cops. He he used the metaphor of, oh, like, you know, you got four older brothers. I'm not going to pick on you, right? Because, like, the, that's the union. It, mm-hmm. we, pro- we protect everyone. Like, mm-hmm. it's when somebody has a problem with you, they also have a problem with all of us. It's like when I leave my car out in the parking lot, I'm not worried about it because there's cops here. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are cops. And it's like, oh, people, the unions, they just take your money. They don't do anything for you. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, cops, I, they just, I just pay, their, pay them through taxes. They don't do anything for me. No, like, every day that I'm not shot and killed or, like, <laughs> stolen from... That's the, you know, it's because of cops. And I'm just thinking, like, unless the cops are the ones doing the shooting. <laughs> like, think about this for, like, two seconds, my guy. You cannot use... You live... This grocery store mm-hmm. is not 20 minutes from Ferguson, Missouri. Uh-huh. I lived in Ferguson, Missouri and shopped at the store that you work at sometimes. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. He he also did this thing. Um he had a bunch of like little little phrases and like little little anecdotes that was were designed to like hook you into the into the union, like like convince you, like really selling it. Like hey, yeah, do you use the Metrolink? Which mm-hmm. there's like a train station right outside. <clears throat> I said, No, I don't. He said, Yeah, me neither. Let's get rid of it. See if we're the only people voting. Right. It doesn't matter. Like all the poor people who use the, the train they get screwed because if you're not on the if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. <laughs> what was his line gonna be if you did use the metro? <laughs> Probably just adapting the same thing to yeah. stay on script. Like it was very funny because I'm like, yeah, I've never been in a union, but I'm like ideologically like enthusiastic about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just very weird to be, to be sold something I already wanted. <laughs> um, um, but yeah. Uh, it seems interesting. I, I want to know more about it. You can just show up to the meetings and, like, vote on things if you're in the in the union. Like, I don't know. Unions, they seem neat. I don't really understand the mechanisms of them quite yet, but union quest. Can I transition into what I have been reading? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll let you do that. I hate you. What? <laughs> Listeners, she just, like, patted me on the cheek, like, you go, Slugger. <laughs> <laughs> go get him, champ. Um, I have been reading The Farthest Shore, which is the third Earthsea book. Um, it has been, uh, interesting because... I don't like this one as much as I have liked other Earthsea books. Um, Wizard of Earthsea is, like, in my opinion, a pretty good book with about the best ending of any book. Could, like, a Wizard of Earthsea is, through most of it, like, pretty solid. And then I think in the final chapters becomes something exceptional. Um, 
and then I moved into Tombs of Atman, which is just one of my favorite books. I fucking love that book. I think about it almost every day. Uh, I know it's only been like a month and a half since I've read it, but I think about it every single day. <laughs> I really love Tombs of Atman. Um, and I'm now in The Farthest Shore. Um, I'm going to try to read all the Earthsea stuff before Em and I do a podcast about the Earthsea movie. Um, but I just am not vibing with The Farthest Shore on the same level. But also, um, our friend Vera told me, at least in her opinion, that, um, like, the beginning and middle of the book are kind of, I think she said, like, kind of, like, a little slower, but she really liked the ending, and I'm starting to get into the ending, so hopefully, hopefully I can do that. The thing is that it's a very short book, and I'm kind of a little irritated that I haven't finished it yet, just because I haven't been compelled to read um but the thing i'm actually really excited for is i was catching up on abnormal mapping and learned that they're going to do kentucky route zero in april um which is a game i have been interested in for years and years is that the legal name for the driveway leading to the first kfc it's the core of kentucky is the okay I got it. I understood it. <laughs> um, they're, so they're going to be playing Kentucky Route Zero in April. They're going to be playing Kentucky. Or they're going to be playing Disco Elysium in March. I'm also interested in Disco Elysium, but know that I probably won't. It's probably like one or the other. Either I finish Disco Elysium before the March deadline, or I finish Kentucky Route Zero before the April deadline. I know my media consumption habits, and I know it's not going to be both and i'm more interested in kentucky or zero your media consumption is a lot like your mood yes either everything or nothing yes um and speaking of exactly that uh i have felt upset at general media coverage of kentucky or zero because uh, every time I read an article or a review or listen to a podcast about it, someone says, um, oh, yes, and in there is the Marquez family, uh, which is like an allusion to Gabriel Garcia Marquez, um, who is one of my favorite authors personally. Um, Cien Años de Soledad uh, made like a tremendous impact on me. Um, Chronicle of a Death Foretold is like, one of my favorite books ever and it is endlessly frustrating to hear people say that there is a lot of literary references there are a lot of literary references in Kentucky Road Zero it is endlessly frustrating to hear people mention that Kentucky Road Zero is a very like literary game but no one can ever talk about the literary references because most video game journalists mm -hmm. don't read books. And if they do, they read them all in college, and it's been a very long time. Because they have to cram a 40-hour game into yeah. things. Yeah. But at least people aren't there saying uh, that this is the night veil of video games or something like that. 
I'm sure someone said that about some game, right? Um, I would guess Night in the Woods. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have just felt like I want to engage with Kentucky Road Zero. I want to play Kentucky Road Zero. I kind of want to engage with it on the terms that it sets out because I feel like very few people are doing that. And so, um, I have not read 100 Years of Solitude in, I read it the same month that I was getting diagnosed with Crohn's, so, oh, um, eight years, seven mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. um, I have not read a Chronicle of a Death Foretold in probably five years, um, uh, so I'm going to read at least one, maybe both of those books again. Um, I'm going to read Wise Blood by Fa- Flannery O'Connor, which is like a classic of the Southern Gothic genre. I might also try to cram in some Faulkner. Um, and I'm going to try and read a little Brecht because I know that, one, um, Kentucky Road Zero is very inspired by theater, and that, two... It might be really inspired by epic theater, um, which is like a socialist tradition that I would like to learn more about. I very briefly covered a mother courage and her children in college, a college course one time, but I didn't get it at the time. So uh, I really want, I think the, the reading list I'm giving myself is wise blood, um, Chronicle of a Death Foretold, and something by Brecht. Um, maybe at least some of his, like... Because he's re- he wrote a lot of, like, theory of theater books. At least some of that stuff. Um, and then, then get into the game. Because I would really like to engage with it on the terms of, like, it placing itself in this canon of literature. And no one else is doing that work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's really frustrating. I don't know what I want to come out of that. I don't know if I want to read a bunch of books and then, like, read Absalom, Absalom by Faulkner afterward and, like, write this grand theory of Kentucky Route Zero or do a podcast. I don't, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want out of this. But I know that I want to engage in Kentucky Route Zero on these terms, and I know that, like, it's been a while since I've read this. I've never read a, a Southern Gothic novel, which I know is a big influence on Kentucky Route Zero. Like, I want to do this work and, like, understand this thing. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry for rambling for a really long time. Yeah, it just that's fine. I have been feeling, like, very animated whenever I think about this. Yeah, um, that's a good sign. And, like, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I am working on a new project myself, mm-hmm. a podcast. Mm-hmm. You'll know more about that when it has a name. We're trying to name it currently, and we have mostly bad names. <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you want to move into questions? Yes. Okay, we got some really good questions this time. 
I promise you, Matthew, I am going to tell you later that I'm in for Bernie. I promise, Matthew. Um, I'm sorry for leaving you on red, Matthew. I'm sorry. I wonder if the person texting me is from Texas. Because um, why the fuck would anyone in St. Louis text a 972 number? Before I read Twitter questions, I will read a DM question I got from uh, my friend Frendo, who asks, ideal <clears throat> burger toppings. This is very simple. Mm-hmm. One slice, Colby Jack cheese. Three to four slices of pickles, depending on the size of the burger. A couple rings from a freshly chopped onion. Ketchup. Long ago, the four ingredients lived in harmony. That's all. That's that's the end of the. That's okay. all it is. It's just ketchup, Colby Jack cheese, uh, onions, and pickles. That's all you need. Now, if your pickle happens to be a mango habanero spicy pickle slice, that's great. I'll take that too. So, if I go to like Five Guys, if I go to, let's say I'm going, we'll say I'm going to Five Guys, right? Lettuce is okay if it's leaf. Fuck shredded lettuce. Should never be anywhere near yes. my mouth. Yes. You Agreed. should not shred lettuce, Agreed. period. Yes. Ever. Yes. Ever. Yes. Yes. Even in a salad, that shit better be big. <laughs> um, if I'm going to Five Guys, what I get is grilled onions, um, slice of tomato, and then I feel like I need some sort of sauce, but I never know what I want. Like, I feel like I need some sort of liquid component mm-hmm. to it. You got to lube it. Yeah. And then maybe I get some grilled jalapenos, too. That's my order at Five Guys, which is not mm-hmm. the ideal burger. Right. And some might call it a mediocre burger. But it is it is like a type of like I don't really get fast food burgers, but like I would get something similar at Steak and Shake. You know, like if I was getting just like one of those like real flat motherfuckers that you get at a fast yeah. food restaurant um, that's cooked at a really high temperature. Honestly, my favorite burger right now is In N Out. Mm-hmm. But I haven't had that in like almost a year, really, because there was one, there was like, there's two in Dallas that I know of, maybe three, uh-huh. and one of them is between where I was living and where my doctor was, so I would get in and out after my uh, hormone doctor visits every couple of months, and that is my favorite because it's got like the disc of onion. It's mm-hmm. good, but. This is different from if I'm going to make a burger at home. Mm-hmm. I was talking about a, a home grill burger. That's yes, what I was describing. I, I assumed as much. If I'm going to make a burger at home, um, which also I have traditionally cooked my burgers on a grill, mm-hmm. a like propane grill. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you kick it on that <laughs> propane in Texas? What? You you cooked it on that propane get, that Texas <laughs> yes uh, King of the Hill Joe <laughs> King the, of the Hill King of the Hill is based on two cities that were adjacent to where I grew up mm-hmm. so yes King of the Hill joke <laughs> I've never seen that show but I know that it was based on uh, Garland and Arlington which were close-ish to where I grew up what. 
What? Sorry, I just got a text from someone at work saying, I see the phone still hasn't been located. Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Is this part of the teachings? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so if I'm going to make a burger at home or if I'm going to go to like a restaurant that's going to charge me like $15 for like a burger and fries or whatever, like if I'm going to go to something really like good. Mm-hmm. Ideal burger toppings, which I don't often do at home because this requires a precision of, like, making sure everything comes out at the right, right. time. Yeah. Toasted bun. Very important. Yeah, obviously. Um, burger. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of important. An, an egg over medium. Oh. Uh, some one slice of tomato. And then um, some avocado spread over the top bun. Over medium. Over medium. So you want... That's how I just like my fried eggs. I don't... You want your egg to squirt. Yeah, I want that egg to squirt. Yeah, okay. But that's like a... That is a burger that I'm just going to eat with a knife and fork and just like fuck my whole shit up. Oh, fuck that. I don't want to eat a burger with a knife and fork. Are you kidding me? This is is another reason... I'll eat a pizza with a knife and fork. That's no problem. You tell me. You come into my house. You come into my fucking house. You tell me you want a burger with knife and fork? Who do you think you are? I don't know what fucking Goodfellas impression you just delved into, but okay. I've never seen Goodfellas. It's kind of ironic because I'm pretty sure the fellas in that movie aren't good. That is... That is the thing. Is that they're bad dudes. Neil deGrasse Tyson voice. Actually. Actually, the fellas are bad. (laughs) They should have called it Divorce Story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, moving on, as I try to find questions again. Um, Olivia um, asks, what are your favorite animals? Uh, you know, I'm going to ask you this question in two parts. What are your favorite animals? I guess cat. I like cats. I'm going to go dogs. Damn. <laughs> Cut to Marvel's uh, Civil War, Captain America's Civil War. And how could those animals be improved with the, the irresponsible use of genetic science? <laughs> um, how could it, a cat be better? If it could text for Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> if we gave cats thumbs. Um, dogs would be better if... Dogs would be better if I could somehow change their size. If I could say, no, 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 I want to cuddle with you. Now you're a big dog. But, oh, I have guests over. Now you are a small dog. This is the basis of at least a couple uh, ebooks on itch that I can point you toward. <laughs> I just need... You just made I an just inflatable need dog. Test dog. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, because the biggest problem with dogs is that once you pick the size of the dog, once you pick the dog, you're kind of locked in with the size of the dog. Not true. Sometimes they get bigger. <laughs> um. Next question. Next question. From Crass. Pants. Pants. Pants, comma, crass? I'm afraid we're going to finish... 
We're going to get two words into this question before you say shut the fuck up, Crafts Pants. Why would I say shut the fuck up, Crafts Pants? The Sekirosborn team... Sekirosborn team needs a new setting slash battle system tweak, and they have come to you for the answer. What is FromSoft's next big hit? Dragon Souls. You ride on a fucking dragon. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Drake Souls. Um... You ride on a dragon. It's a mounted... It's Lair. They're gonna remake Lair from 2007. I own that disc. I have... I have ascended to a new, uh... Are you gonna say they're gonna add dating mechanics? No. I have... I have ascended to the next plane of reality. 32X World? We've all been talking, everyone's been talking since 2017 about Yoko Taro making a Final Fantasy game. Fuck that. Okay. Yoko Taro's gonna make a Dark Souls game. I didn't think that you could make Dark Souls story worse, but I guess <laughs> I guess that would do it. Um, <clears throat> the thing about Dark Souls is that it's not up its own ass. But the fan base is up their own collective ass. The thing is... When it comes to narrative is what I'm talking about. The thing is... That Crass didn't ask me what do I think would make Dark Souls good. They asked me what would be FromSoft's next big hit. And That's fair. <laughs> Dark Souls with the story by Yoko Taro would be... It would sell every copy. They would run out of codes to give to people. That's true. In light of that clarification, I would change my answer. Um, If they took, like, Dark Souls and they made it look like a PS1 game and then simplified it into, like, like a straight-up rhythm puzzle game... Mm. That would be a pretty fucking good hit. This sounds like a Kingsfield game, though. Yeah, I know. Like, make okay. it look, look like shit, like Kingsfield. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, something, some weird gimmick like that would be the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the answer isn't, like... I feel like if they made a new Kingsfield, like, people would buy it and... People would fucking hate it, probably, but people would probably buy a new Kingsfield game just for the novelty. I saw this question earlier, and I just am trying to avoid the obvious answer that I don't actually think would be very good. Okay. Which is Mech Souls. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to avoid... You talk. I had an idea of how you could do post-apocalyptic mechs, Mm. and that would be very interesting. I don't think that anyone will ever do that, because it, like... I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. And I think if you're going to talk about what would be a big hit for From, then, like, it would probably be Sekiro, but for a different time and place. I have another bad answer, but I don't know. What if Sekiro ended with Desmond Miles taking off the headset? (laughs) You go, you go. This was my first thought when Crass sent sent me the question, which was just, well, they teamed um, with George R.R. Martin to make Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. Um, What if they teamed with someone who wrote a good 
epic fantasy series. Brandon Sanderson's yeah. What if Dark Souls? What if Storm the next, Souls? Yeah. What if the next Dark Souls uh, game was in the Cosmere? Like, I, I'm not sure that would be a big hit, but I'd fucking play the shit out of it. <laughs> I'm trying to think about what, like, the thing about that is that you wouldn't be a like it wouldn't be a Stormlight game. It wouldn't be no, a Mistborn game. No, I don't think... Yeah. No, because you would want to go to all the different areas and fight different enemies that ha- use magic in different ways. Yeah. So you would want to, like... It would be... I'm actually thinking about how cool this would be because you could start with a character on... The, the White Sand world, mm-hmm. which was the first book that he wrote. And you could go for there's a there's even a character who like from that world who is involved in some multiverse stuff. It, it would be interesting to like just kind of go through the different eras and stuff. And... But I guess the thing is that like I hate to be well. Why doesn't the lightsaber cut through everything? But at some point in that game, you have to address my character has picked up a shard. No, blade. they haven't. They simply have not done that. They just don't put shard blades in the game. Here's the thing. There is... Shard blades can't cut through everything. Mm-hmm. Objects that are highly... Mm-hmm. Could block a shard blade. Mm-hmm. Right? Like... This that's... is so funny because you have not read as much... You have not read as much Stormlight as I have, but right. you have more... Because, like, Seth's sword mm-hmm. is... But I guarantee you... But it's a... Okay, that's not true. That is what I have been told <laughs> several times. So... Pretty sure it's from a different book. Okay. Well, <laughs> everybody in this book, including the fucking... We should cut this. Because of spoilers for other people. Uh, I'll just bleep things out. Um, that'll be funnier. Okay, um, fine. My point is... No, no, no. Shut the fuck up. Zeth is hanging out with... Um, what are they called? What are they called? Zeth is hanging out all through book three, and this keeps saying, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, he's fucking lying. No, but why would he fucking lie? That's a stupid thing to put in the book. This is the same guy who goes around killing people because... But Edge Dancer shows he seems questionable to me. I don't think that he would lie because that would be <clears throat> bad storytelling on Brandon's part. The sword was in which takes place on a different planet. <sighs> Fucking fine, I'll read. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Make sure to bleep all the proper nouns out from this conversation. Yes. Just because we have friends who are reading along. Yes. Um, We're probably going to do a storm. We are are going to do a Stormlight Archive podcast featuring uh, Molly. Mm -hmm. It's just a question of Autumn has finished uh, Oathbringer. Mm -hmm. Nora has not started Oathbringer, I don't think. I started it before, but I haven't finished it. Okay. Um, Molly's midway through Oathbringer. Um, Nora also knows a shit ton about other Cosmere stuff. And so, like, do I want to, like, read the Mistborn trilogy while 
the Mistborn trilogy is so fucking good. I just, my Mistborn plans are getting put off by like Kentucky Route Zero, Kentucky Route Zero, and having a like soft deadline of wanting to finish it before Jackson um, like put out their abnormal mapping about it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, point being, it would be really cool to have different enemy types that use different types of Cosmere magic. Yes. Which you don't know that much about. No. But. Like, a boss that is just a, a guy in shard plate. Uh-huh. That would be, be good. That would be pretty good. Because then it, good. it would be, like, a human, but, like, bigger, just like in Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, somebody was tweeting about treating Stormlight as a mech show, which is was an interesting perspective that I hadn't thought of, because the last time I read these books, I had never seen Gundam. gundam That's when you milk the Gundam. Moving on to the next question. Because Gundam Moo. Um, at Cal and Stan Kim at that's Kim Pining. <laughs> that's not that's not Cal and at. Stan Kim yes. at Kim Pining on Twitter asks, One, <clears throat> and I assume that we will address this once we have Molly. Display name that is not my own. Um, on main. On main. Yeah. Um, I would, like, if it weren't for our, our thing with our locked account, Mm-hmm. Display names just being quit and work. Mm-hmm. Um, my display name would be uh, Twink Pope's War Crime Orbs. <laughs> <clears throat> you should listen to episode 101 of Abnormal Mapping for that. Anyway, joke. Kim asks, uh, "Does we're we're going to address this once Molly's on the air, I'm sure, but does Kaladin Stormblessed kiss the homies goodnight as is the custom? Of course. No one has ever <laughs> kissed more homies than Kaladin Stormblast. His whole thing is that he's always sad because the homies be dying and he keep kissing more homies. <laughs> he's like, if I kiss the homies, they'll stop dying. And they still die. And he's like, I'll kiss the homies harder. And they still die. <laughs> it's his whole thing. <laughs> is that he always be kissing homies. Let Kaladin become a Keyblade Master. Oh my god. <laughs> God, nothing would make me happier than fucking Kingdom Hearts Cosmere crossover. Nothing. Oh my god, I'd be so fucking elated. <laughs> Do we have more to say about that? Uh, what? There... You go, you go. Moash did not get kissed. No, the, the whole thing, the whole thing is that Kaladin was kissing Moash the most, and Moash, <laughs> mm, uh, Moashes, <laughs> does Moash things. <laughs> Whatever happens with him throughout the rest of the books, I won't spoil it. Sorry, Crass. I'll shut up now. Next question. Also from Kim, uh, what's some good music you two have been enjoying a lot recently? Glass Beach. Oh yeah, you made you had me listen to. I made you. <laughs> you f- you tied me down and forced me to. Actually, that sounds sexy. You, we listened to Glass Beach in the car. They're really good. You listened to one song, not even the whole. We song. listened to two songs. Anyway, you should listen to the rest of that album because it's great. There's like three instrumental tracks. Um, it reminded me, and I should clarify, I've only heard one MCR song ever, but it reminded me of. MCR meets Neutral Milk Hotel. Um, seemed really good. Neutral Kilk Rotel. Rotel. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> um, yeah, it's cool. I like it a lot. Uh, two things I'll shout out because they were what came to mind when I was asked this question. I feel like I've been listening to a little more than this, but these were what came to mind. One was um, the Billie Eilish album from last year, Whenever We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Um, when We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? I don't have anything to say about Billie Eilish that hasn't been said, I guess. Um, but I just really like that album. I think it's a really good pop album. I think in like five years, she will be a better songwriter. Uh, not that she's a bad songwriter now. I just think that like if you listened to her early stuff and you listened to this new stuff there is like very clear progress and that is just going to continue mm-hmm. um i've been listening to the lana del rey album from last year uh 2019 i did not listen to much music so i spent this has not been a project i've had but i've been a little bit like listening to like all the stuff that showed up on everybody's like best of 2019 list. So this is, I listened to this. I listened to the Lana Del Rey album. Um, but like, no, Lana Del Rey does not need me to come out and say that Norman fucking Rockwell is a good album because one, she knows that. And two, everybody else knows that Norman fucking Rockwell is a good album. Um, the thing I do want to shout out, and I'm going to pull up. Uh, the, so, a friend of mine at work um, recommended to me um, a couple weeks ago, and I just literally today listened to it, um, Faye Webster's album. Um, let me pull up the name of the album. I remember the artist's name, and now I can't remember. Uh, it's like Atlanta Millionaires Club or something. Um yeah, Atlanta Millionaires Club, uh, which my friend at work described to me, and I guess I w- would agree with this. It's like a little bit. It's like a it's like a country album for, but it's not quite a country album. It's like a It's like a. It's like a country album that was made by someone who does not live in Nashville. To be clear, because like. Country music is a very homogenized thing. Um, and this is someone who is a, very clearly listening to a lot of country music, uh, but is all, not trying to get on country radio. She's also listening to... The, there's a lot of SoundCloud rap in here. There's a lot of like SoundCloud R&B sounds in here. It's good. I've only listened to it the one time, and it was at the grocery store, so it's really good. Um, It's got... I love love Casey Musgraves a lot. Um, I have a problem with Casey Musgraves, which is that everybody who does not like country music says, I don't like country music. Oh, but I do like Casey Musgraves, which is annoying. Um... Because I like country music and people think people should listen to more than just Casey Musgraves. But Casey Musgraves is like one of the like country music artists that everybody like has put their little stamp of approval on. Um, I think if people like Casey Musgraves, they should listen to 
Faye Webster. I don't think they're very similar, but I think if you're the sort of person who will listen to a country music artist that's like 5% away from like the norm, you should give Faye Webster a shot. Uh, if you like Billie Eilish, you could should... That's what it is. Faye Webster is halfway between Billie Eilish and Casey Musgraves. I found it. Like, she is, like, the exact, like, intersection of those two artists. And if you like either of those artists, give Faye Webster a shot. What about Phoebe Porter Bridgers? I don't understand this joke. Sam Porter Bridges? Oh, okay. Yes, Phoebe Bridgers uh, has a new song. She's got a new album coming out this year. Phoebe Bridgers is... um, you know, I'm just going to say, like, you know, hyperbolic things because I'm in a hyperbolic type of mood because I'm sober now. Um, Phoebe Richards is my favorite artist ever. I have a tattoo of her on my body, which is only true of her and David Bowie. I've got a David Bowie tattoo and a Phoebe Bridgers tattoo. These are not faces, human faces on I your do body. not have a tattoo of David Bowie's face <laughs> or of Phoebe Bridgers' face. Uh, Garden Song is, like... Um, kind of a new, different direction for her lyrically, while still like the same music that I love. Uh, I hope, I kind of hope that the new album branches out musically, but I also kind of don't really expect that yet. I kind of feel like we're still one more album away from her, like teaming with a different producer and getting a totally different sound. But I think lyrically she is continuing to evolve in really mm-hmm. interesting ways. And I think Garden Song is at least promising as a sequel to Stranger in the Alps. Um, but really people should just be listening to... I don't know, Stranger in the Alps is her best album. Um, Boy Genius is really fucking good but too short. Um, which is her collaboration with Lucy Dacus and, uh, someone else who I don't like as much. I can't remember her name. And Better Oblivion Community Center, which is her album with Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes, I think. Better Oblivion Community Center is, I think, the stuff musically that I want to hear from her, even if I think lyrically it's not quite on the level of Stranger in the Alps to me, because I like Connor Oberst a lot, but I don't like him as much as I like Phoebe Bridgers. So every time he's there, I'm kind of like, where's Phoebe at, though? Whenever Phoebe's not on screen, people should be asking, where's Phoebe? Um... Next question. Yeah. Sorry, I just got really emotive <laughs> about Phoebe Bridgers, which I wasn't expecting to do because I wasn't really planning on mentioning her. Um, from M, you are living your own coffee shop AU. Describe it. So we live in St. Louis. Okay. I work at a grocery store. You work at a Starbucks. Please do something more romantic than this. I have a huge cock <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh coffee shop au uh it's a coffee shop 
above a bookstore, and I work at the bookstore, you work at the coffee shop, and we share an apartment above the coffee shop. <laughs> it's like a three-tiered arrangement. I feel like... Is this not a coffee shop for you? No, 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 no. But the thing is, the thing is, in Lawrence, there's um, a coffee shop I kind of like called Java Break, where the, the coffee shop is in the basement, and then there's other stuff right above it. And so what if I'm working in the basement coffee shop, mm. and you're working on the main floor bookstore, mm -hmm. and then above that is our apartment? Yeah. Um, also, one... Um, it's not like Java Break. Java Break's kind of cool because there's a bunch of, like, board games, so you can, like, play, like, Connect Four or chess with someone while you get coffee. Uh, but it's not like a, it's not like the board game coffee shop. It's just that they decided to buy some board games so people had things to do while they were there, mm -hmm. you know? I would instead go for the vibe of, like, Mocha Bee, which is an anarchist, uh, coffee shop, uh, near us. Um, ish. Ish. It's, like, 20 minutes away. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. It's a really cool place. We've never been upstairs, but that's because I don't want to take the drinks upstairs. Yeah. Because they handed you a mug and you're just like, oh, shit, okay, I just go waddle over here and sit at the same table as every time, which is the one right next to the bathroom and the bookshelf of anarchist literature. Yes. Here's the thing about Mokeby, though, is that I love the vibes. Usually. I love the anarchism. Uh-huh. Sometimes we do get accosted by a... a woman who comes up to ins comes up to us and says hi i'm a tanky would you like to sign this petition <laughs> she seems very nice but she never returned my texts and so i'm very bitter towards her because i was like well weird way to introduce yourself but maybe we can be friends because she was going to like invite us to a call of cthulhu game yes but she was like but i know lovecraft is racist so i'm like doing less racist things or something Something. I don't know. I don't know. She talked a lot. She seemed and very nice. She was very energetic and very fast-paced. Yes. She seemed like a perfectly nice person who we, I was going to say, never saw again, but we did see her the next time we went to Mocha Bean. Yes. Um, the, here's the actual thing. You can't... That, like, she is absolutely part of our coffee shop AU. Like, you have yes, to... Of like, course. She is part of the coffee shop AU. You have to have characters <laughs> in the coffee shop AU, yes. and she is nothing if not a character. <laughs> the thing that I would change about the coffee shop AU is that I would get the vibes and the anarchist literature and the stickers of Mocha Bee. I would make their coffee not suck. <laughs> we haven't been there in forever because their coffee sucks. Their espresso is bad. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. Next question. Um, of the week. I feel like that was a really good question, M. Sentis, that we didn't spend enough time with, but I don't have more. Oh, can I expand? Because here's the thing. Um, you know what? There seems to be a demand for video games themed around coffee. Oh, I'm so up. glad shut we were talking up. about the same thing. <clears throat> there seems to be a demand for video games around coffee shops or bars where, like, you interact with characters mm -hmm. and maybe make drinks. Seems like nobody's able to do it without being 
really um checks notes racist yeah or checks notes oh pedophiles yes would love one of those that has no caveats you know yes <clears throat> can i say the incredibly mean thing that i i was listening to the waypoint radio episode where they talked about coffee talk which mm-hmm. is the new Valhalla-esque game that is set in a coffee shop, but a coffee shop that's only open at night, which is weird. The opposite of when you want coffee. Yes. Also, there's only one bartender, barista. Yes. Also, you sit down and have an in-depth conversation with the person after making them coffee. Which sometimes happens and sometimes doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Customer connections are weird. Um, and get those table touches. Mutable and yeah. Um, uh, I I have a really <clears throat> mean, I had a really mean thought that I'm just going to give voice to, mm-hmm. and if people think I'm being too mean, I guess they can tell me. You're I, being too mean. <laughs> I think games like Valhalla and Coffee Talk are doomed. In some way, because they are games about um, I have a lot of because I have been a barista for nearly two years now, I have a lot of thoughts that are kind of difficult to put into words about everyday conversation, you know, about small talk and like you know, uh there is a customer who I have been seeing, you know, every day for almost two years that, like, through hundreds and hundreds of very small conversations every single day, I've learned a great deal about the thesis that she is writing about Oscar Wilde right now. Um, and, like... Uh, the mean thought that I'm having is that these games are doomed to fail because that is a very unique and specific experience that you can only get through doing the work of bartending or barista stuff. Like, it is a very specific thing, and if you're not doing that every day, I can't imagine how you could write about that. Even if you used to do that, it seems like a thing that you could very easily lose your grip on if, hypothetically, you spent three years in your home working on a video game full-time. These feel like games that were not, like, I don't know. Aren't these smaller indie games? These are smaller indie games, for sure. Which doesn't mean that they had a barista job, but, like... I can't imagine them being made on a full-time, like... It just... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm being mean. Maybe I'm being uncharitable. It just really feels like... The skills the skills required of game development, which involves, like, a lot of staring at a computer screen, and mm-hmm. the skills involved in barista work are totally opposite. And I'm not saying that one is more valid than the other, just that, like, 
spending too much time doing game dev, I feel like I would lose my grip on a lot of the, like, st stuff that I've learned as a barista. Mm -hmm. You know? That is my mean thought about these games. And furthermore, uh, someone who is not a racist should call me to consult on these games. I'm not going to write them, but I will consult on them. Um, and my only caveat is that you have to not be a racist. Um, I'm not going to try to make your game less racist for you. I'm simply going to, like, give you my experience as a barista that you can use if you pay me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, please look forward to my new visual novel, Blood Bank, where you work at a vampire bar. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Honestly, though, what I would want, you know what would be very interesting? Is... Sorry, I just started in my head writing Coffee Shop AU fic for uh, Stormlight. Go on. What about Coffee Shop AU for Dark Souls? What is that? I don't know. I don't know. Next question. Last question. Last question. Uh, from Tron. Tron has sent in about as many questions as a person can fit into 280 characters. We stand. Um, how do you all decide what to wear in the Souls games? I simply choose what I like the best. Um, An interesting tactic. In Bloodborne has meant um, the cool white church outfit. Um, I just think it looks cool and subby. Yeah? Don't ask me what I mean by that. It's well, a sex thing, though. Bloodborne is a game for perverts, and so no one can criticize me for my pervert choices in Bloodborne. Okay. Fine. How do you decide what to wear in Bloodborne? In Dark Souls? I mean, I wrote... A blood horny, uh, bloodborne fanfic, but uh, mostly same. Although I tend towards the things with bigger numbers. Also, the only thing is, I do have on my person in Bloodborne a different outfit that I'm wearing that has higher frenzy resistance because yeah. frenzy. You're, you're in a place where you need that. Yeah, frenzy will fuck your whole shit up in that game, and um. The outfit that I usually wear has about six frenzy resistance. Right now, I'm doing dark leggings and dark gloves and fallen knight armor. Dark being the set for the dark wraiths. And that's doing pretty well. I don't wear headsets. <clears throat> I just don't wear helmets or hoods or anything. Because I want to see my pretty face. Yeah. And my cool teal hair. Uh... Very much Chrom circa uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is it, my current Dark Souls character. Um, yeah, it's mostly fashion, but with the caveat of if something is actually like better, I will generally pick it. Oh, what media are you looking forward to the most this year? Uh, Rhythm of War for me, obviously, uh... which is the fourth Stormlight book. Um, Monster Hunter? Is that this year? I hope so. God. I'm probably going to get back to a little bit of Monster Hunter this, uh... I don't I, give a shit about video games. I know. I'm just... Monster Hunter. The movie starring Mila Jovovich. Yeah. 
She got a big fucking she sword. It lo- I'm so glad they haven't changed how big that fucking I sword is. I mean, they is. have. It could be bigger. It could be bigger, but, like, I'm glad it's still a huge fucking sword. My actual answer, I don't know. Uh, the, the real Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> um, <coughs> it was Final Fantasy VII Remake. But it's not part of... It doesn't have any th- connection to the compilation of FF7, so what's the fucking point? If Gact's not in it, who cares? I wasn't expecting Gact. I don't expect Gact. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect Gact. The thing that I don't understand about that is that I so powerfully associate the compilation of FF7 with Tetsuya Nomura. So, like... Why is Tetsuya just, like not incorporating stuff from his other work into this game. The thing that I want from FF7 is for it to be, like, the Nomurification. Because what they're actually doing is they're is they're taking another shot at Fabula Nova Crystallis. Okay. That makes that's, sense. What they're, that's what it seems like they're actually doing. Like, they're not actually just remaking FF7. Mm-hmm. They're making a new, like, paradigm of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's why they're going to do three FF7s. And finally, Tron asks, um, since the two-year anniversary of Export Audio was in February, uh, which we didn't do anything to celebrate. Yeah, our um, lives were kind of on fire at the time. So. Yes. Uh, how are you all feeling about the podcast? Where would you like to be in 10 years with the podcast? Spotify the exclusive. The answer obviously. is, uh, I would like to be married with you and doing... Basically the same thing we're doing now. That's sweet. Um, (laughs) How quaint. I would like to be making more money on it. Yeah. I would like to be, like, I don't even, I don't don't even need to aspire to this being a job that pays Mm -hmm. for everything. I just, we need more than what we have. And that's the reality of life. Yeah. Is that we're poor. Yes. Um, Please do not hit me again. Because you're doing the thing where, like, the doctor taps your knee and I react and I'm (laughs) kicking. Um, I want to get better at podcasting. This game club podcast that I'm going to start soon and Cower Hour, I want to be a better critic in ten years. I feel like... I'm in a weird spot where I feel like I'm a good critic, but I'm not. <clears throat> I feel like a good enough critic to know where I still need to develop things. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't really want to get into that because I'm sober and sleepy now. And we've been recording for a while and I kind of want to wrap it up, but yeah. Yeah, I want to get be better as a critic, better as a podcaster. Um, I want, I don't want to have our own crews. I don't want to be one of the podcasters that goes on a cruise or anything. Mm. Ideally, but, I want to be in jail for murdering one of those people in ten years. I would be sad about that. Would you want to do live shows? Depends. 
do I want to do... I would not want to be in the position where we're doing export audio. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be a McElroy. I do not want to be going on tour. Mm -hmm. I think I am constitutionally opposed to going on tour. Um, a podcast I listen to intermittently called Regular Features has a thing where there is a bar near them and they simply do a show there every month. If we could get a residency at some place, I would be open to that. Um, but I would feel like I would want more guests. It, we would do, be doing Harmontown at that point. Oh, Jesus We'd be doing Christ. Harmontown. Oh, fuck. It all comes full circle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about sticking a Sharpie up my ass. I'm going to piss myself <laughs> on stage. <laughs> the, but the actual thing I, I would be open to, like, legitimately, um, and I don't know how this... I can't even conceptualize how this would work right now. But the thing I would be actually open to would be... Because I know Let's Place does PAX panels. Mm -hmm. You know? Like... If we went to conventions and yeah. did, like, shows for the, 30 the, people. The secret is that that is also going on tour. But that is, like, we're <clears throat> going out of town for a weekend. Yeah. And I don't want... What I don't want is a show where people show up for us for one evening. What I want is we're going to... We're going, going to MAGFest. We're going to MAGFest. We're going to go see <laughs> PodCon. We're going to PodCon, and Exports That's Audio's there. They're going to be like, they're going to be like Saturday morning at noon. Are we going doing anything? Let's try to like keep our schedule clear so we can go see Export. Ten years from now, I want to have made a video game. Okay. Ten years from now, I want to be fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> is that it is this a podcast yeah keep it rubio where everybody. can you where can people find you online bitch you can find me at autumnal underscore coffee uh people should go listen to the latest episode of and then an aeroplane which was about whisper of the heart it's good it's a really good episode of that podcast really good movie even better episode of the podcast i think You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. You can find samples of everything I do at norablake.online. Uh, you know what it is. Game design, poetry, fiction, all that stuff. I did a podcast recently. I did Cower Hour. That came out. Uh, it was pretty good. We, we made a lot of jokes about dead presidents on that one. Um, I don't think the one that... The best one made it in, which was... Uh, the idea of a JFK in a plastic bag uh, Funko Pop, but wrapped in plastic. It was good. It was good. Um, next episode you're going to be on, so we need to talk about that. Oh, am I? That's news. Okay. Yeah, Alien. I keep it's forgetting. It's not news. We've talked I, about this. I keep forgetting. I'm really excited about that. I can talk for Alien uh, about hours. <laughs> I could speak into a microphone with no one else listening 
about Alien for an hour and a half. So, well, don't. I could do it. We're going to be very diligent. It's a very professional podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this about Funko. Um... <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Come here and kiss me. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I'm so cold. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I'm turning the space heater back on. No, don't time. turn the heater on while we're recording. Oh my, the podcast. We didn't over. do any kind of sign off. I was still talking about podcasts. Okay, I'm sorry, but I'm turning the space heater on because it's very cold. I'm very cold. I, I got nothing, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us your money, <clears throat> but not you listening to this who are also poor and and queer. Yeah, but like if you're if you've got extra, if you got extra, we'll take it. Yeah. Looks like I've been crying again over the same thing. I wonder if anyone has ever cried for. I should be out more. I should be out more.